0: Spiritual authority in your life comes from the authority of Christ. Of Christ it says in Ephesians 1, 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Hebrews thirteen seventeen, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Romans 13:1 through7. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, and respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Ephesians 5.21, submitting, to one another out of reverence for Christ. Luke 19:14. but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, "We do not want this man to reign over us. The Word of the Lord.
1: There is not one square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine, said the late Abraham Kuyper. And it was the Apostle Paul who said of Christ in Colossians 1, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, And he is the only one worthy of having it all. Let's go to him in prayer. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us as God, as God Almighty, as eternal God, and that we might know in our souls who you are because you've revealed yourself to us. For we cannot see and we are blind except that you show yourself to us. And we cannot accept any authority or spiritual authority in a biblical way unless we accept you as our authority because you've revealed yourself to us as great and as worthy. Amen. So right now, Christ is both sitting on his eternal throne in heaven and standing at the right hand of God, praying for us, which is wonderful and a huge relief. Christ is in charge of everything in the universe, including me, including you, including all the families and cities and countries and continents that are more non-Christian than Christian, including secular humanist countries like ours, including Muslim countries including Hindu states, both the West and the Orient, our schools, our neighborhoods, and all businesses, including the stars and planets that you can see with the naked eye, including the stars and planets that we haven't yet discovered because they're too far away. He's Lord of that too. Psalm 8 says of Christ, You have given him dominion, over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. God's goal is to make you like his son, Jesus Christ, who is king of the world and everything in it. And Christ is the authority of all the world. But how do we feel about that? What are some sayings that we have heard that give us a sense for whether our culture is anti-authoritarian or more of a strongly authoritarian place to live. Go back a few generations. How about uh, do what you're told without asking questions? That's, we would call that very old-fashioned, right? That one passed away a few generations ago, although it was popular then. What do you hear now? What's a little Didier phrase that says something about authority? Anybody? Follow your heart. Follow your heart, and your dreams will come true. Love that one. Didn't work. Not for me. What's another one? Be Be the master of your own destiny. You are the master of your own fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, not according to scripture, at least. But but we're encouraged to do that. Yeah, yeah, we are. We've been indoctrinated. We've been inculturated. People might call that brainwashed. That's right. But we were really born into this. What's another one? Do only what sparks joy. joy. Hmm. Hmm. A revival of ancient Greek philosophy, which was Christless. Question authority. How about that one? That one became super popular about a generation or two ago, or a few You deserve a break. You deserve this material thing or that material thing. and You don't deserve that bad thing. So, so there's something in us, our culture says, that says uh, that, that warrant, that deserves good because, because there's something great about us. Uh, that feels good to believe. Well, that's why everybody believes that. So we've grown up in a culture that, that pretty strongly evangelizes its youth, to the religion that we're kind of our own gods. We determine what's best for ourselves, and we can follow our hearts. We're usually pretty suspicious of authority, and we like to prosecute them harshly or publicly shame them when they make mistakes and sin. Think of any president, past or present. And that makes us feel better about ourselves. It's a it's a to—it's a form of self-righteousness. So does all of this remind you of something that happened in the opening chapters of Genesis? Someone told Eve, who was a righteous woman, that she was wrong about God, that there was a better way. And she was deceived into thinking that she was getting a better deal than what God had offered. And Adam sinned. He knowingly took hold of the fruit of which God had said, You shall not eat of it. And with his actions, he was making a public statement before the angels in heaven and all the animals that he was like God. He knew what was good for him and what was evil for him. And he had decided that this fruit was a good thing. So he took matters into his own hands. God had given him quite a lot of authority. He was basically king of the earth at the time but he went outside the authority God had delegated to him, and he took authority in another area not given to him, that one tree. That rebellion brought a curse on the land and its inhabitants and separated them from the king of the universe, who, because of who he is, will not share his glory with another. Today we are discussing the uncomfortable topic of spiritual authority, as Christiana read about. So, what's spiritual authority? Here's a definition of spiritual authority. God is in control, and he can and does speak to you through anyone he pleases. He can use a good person or an evil person to be your boss your president, or your parent. You are not to do anything evil that your boss or president or parent tells you to do. That's going against Christ. You are to yield to them in all the ways that are right and good as much as possible without going against Christ. And you benefit, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little, from their leadership— Sometimes people in these positions correct you. Sometimes they help you. Sometimes they cause suffering or oppression. But ultimately, God is in control, and he can and does speak to you through anyone he pleases. That's spiritual authority. He will judge them for what they have done to you, right or wrong. As James says in the third chapter of his letter, not many of you should desire to be te- should become teachers my brothers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness so God is a judge and he is a strict judge for those who have oppressed you So that's our definition of spiritual authority God is the authority period and he uses people with problems to lead teach and correct us So why would God do that couldn't that have been done better what's his goal who can quote romans 8:28 and 29 in the back So he's doing something, it's good. He's able to bring good things from the ashes of evil things. And he has one goal in mind. It's in the first half of Romans 8, 29. Romans 8:28 says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And here it is. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God's goal is to make you more like his son so that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren. So we've given a definition of spiritual authority and we've made some observations about our culture namely that we have been taught or programmed or indoctrinated or brainwashed to believe that I know what's best for me and you can't tell me what to do. Sounds like my two-year-old, sweetie. But this is a Bible church and we think biblically, we hope. So our goal today is to be converted to Christ. Why? Because there is not one square foot of all creation, land or sea, over which Christ does not say mine. And he's the only one worthy of having it all. But does he have you? Is he the total ruler of every area of your life? He owns you, and he has you in his mighty hand, yes. But is your heart fully converted to Christ? Perhaps it is not. And today we have come into his presence to ask him to give us more grace that he might become our Lord and Savior in many more practical ways. He must save us out of our culture, which is antichrist. He must save us from ourselves, from being our own Lord. Spiritual authority is a gospel issue. You can't have spiritual authority in your life like being able to be discipled by someone or being rightly related to a spouse or pastor or state government, unless you have had a special and supernatural revelation that Christ is Lord of all. You can't have spiritual authority in your life in a biblical sense. You can submit in like an Islamic sense that's, that's not biblical or Christian, You can't have um, spiritual authority in your life unless you have Christ as Lord in a biblical way. To the extent that you have Christ as your Lord, you will be more rightly related to your spouse, your pastor, your president. This is a painful thing to talk about for most of us because in that short list, I probably named at least one person you wouldn't want to submit to. Well, don't worry, you're not supposed to blindly submit. You are supposed to submit to Christ by letting Christ speak to you and move you through them and by submitting to them only in a biblical way. And Christ is a good leader. That's the essence of spiritual authority. Spiritual authority is a faith issue. Will you have the faith... To believe that God has equipped others to bring you closer to God. You need the Word of God, Joshua chapter 1. You need the Holy Spirit, John chapter 15. And you need to be rightly related to the church, 1st John. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you only need your Bible. You only need the Bible, the church, your family, even though all families are dysfunctional, your local and national government, even though all governments tend to be mostly anti-Christ, at least as much as he lets them be until he judges them and raises up a new civilization in its place, and you need the Holy Spirit. Will you be able to believe that the Scripture says God uses all these institutions to express his rule over you will you be able to submit to them in biblical ways out of reverence for Christ? This does not mean doing anything evil because they tell you to or saying that evil they have done was in any way right. Think of Moses who did not do what the Pharaoh, or Moses' mom, Moses' mom, who did not do what the Pharaoh said, And when he commanded that male babies be aborted, she committed civil disobedience in the first degree out of reverence for Christ, out of reverence for God. Think of Mary and Joseph who fled Herod and did not submit to his wicked reign, but snuck to Egypt. And thus the Christ uh, was preserved by the hand of God through their obedience to Christ rather than wicked government in that way. And like people sometimes flee a country's oppressive government, sometimes we move out or even flee from an oppressive family or even a non-Christian congregation that calls itself a church. Sometimes God leads you from a a less healthy church to a more healthy church. God has called us to suffer for his name, but he has not called us to say abuse is okay. It's not. We seek to live under the reign of Christ and to bring his reign and to be people of peace. We do that by honoring spiritual authority, being in biblical relationships with our spouses, being discipled by someone God has equipped to train, counsel, and teach us, and by honoring even secular government. We do this by opposing the oppressor, fighting against evil, suffering for doing good, turning the other cheek, returning good for evil, forgiving our captors, having Christ as our Lord and Savior. We do all that he commands. So this calls for wisdom. Spiritual authority does not mean do what you're told in all circumstances spiritual authority does mean something way bigger than we have made it out to mean. What it isn't. Abuse, controlling, manipulative, domination submission, blind submission, being quiet all the time. What it is. It is marked by trust. It is only possible with Christ supernaturally giving grace to the leader. It is hopefully marked by the wiser imparting wisdom to the one becoming wise. That is not necessarily always so. It is often marked by the wiser imparting wisdom to someone less wise. Sometimes, It is a person who does not fear God, ruling over a disciple of Christ. But ultimately, it all traces back to Christ. He made everything, Colossians 1. He owns everything, Colossians 1. He holds everything together. Also, Colossians 1, love that chapter. He holds everything together, whether the molecules in your brain or heart, or the political system in another country. Without Christ, everything falls apart from government to atoms. And so we are desperately, moment by moment, dependent on him to hold it all together and to keep praying for us and to keep some order even in secular society. He uses wicked people and righteous people alike, to do his will. It's kind of like he is in heaven and he does whatever pleases him. Being under Christ's spiritual authority means being uncomfortable a lot. This religion is not for people who are unwilling to be uncomfortable. If that's what matters to you most, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nor can you go to heaven. Nor can you know Christ. He will judge you and he will send you to hell. But today, if you hear this, don't harden your heart like so many people have done before you in their rebellion. The point is that Christ is a good leader. And he is a servant leader. Is the cry of your heart, Hosanna, save us, which kind of means like come and do as you please and have your way and, and lead us, or is the cry of your heart, We will not have this man rule over us, as Jesus said in the parable. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Hebrews thirteen seven. I think. I might have said that wrong. Hebrews 13. Thank you. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. That means something. But since we have grown up in a culture that usually hates authority, and since we are sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, we may have a problem with that. So let's start at the bare minimum. What's the least that verse could possibly mean? Obey your leaders and submit to them. Look like you're respecting them. What's the least that could possibly mean? Obey your leaders and submit to them. Listen. Go through the motions. <laughs> that that doesn't that's not good. That doesn't quite mean it. But that's we do all try to do that most of the time. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. My point is that the least that verse could possibly mean is obey your leaders and submit to them. (laughs) There's no way to cut it. So, who are the leaders? Pastors, those working with the pastors as mentors, disciplers, and spiritual shepherds. Um, At least elsewhere in the scripture, passages like that include more spheres of government and authority, right? Thank you, Greg. Raise your hand if you think of yourself as a member of this church. I do. All right? If you didn't raise your hand, you are invited to become a member. (laughs) Becoming a member of a church is closely tied in Scripture to becoming a Christian. As a generalization, you can't follow Christ or be a Christian without joining a church and becoming a full-fledged member. If you think otherwise, I think Christ would encourage you to reconsider whether you have taken the basic steps to follow him or whether you're still in that large crowd of people who through the ages would rather reserve some control of their lives than leave everything to follow him. The Bible doesn't say you have to get everything right or not make mistakes or have a good track record. Only people who are full of unrighteous thoughts can follow Christ. Only sinners can come. But he does tell us to come and not look back. Remember Lot's wife. Talk to any of the people on the leadership team to find out what that would mean for you and why Christ invites people to follow him by becoming a member of a church. So how can a church member obey his or her pastor? How can you as a modern American who has full autonomy of your own affairs, obey your leaders and submit to them? How is that possible? Wouldn't you be giving up some of your rights and sort of belong to them in a way? Yes you would be giving up some of your rights. You would, in a way, belong to them. This cannot be understood without knowing that your leaders belong to you. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one one of another, Romans 12, 5. In Christ's new family, I'm yours and you are mine. We are his. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose, or as King James, as it hath pleased him, 1 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians twelve eighteen. None of this can be understood without knowing in your soul, deep in your soul, that Christ is good and he is in your leader's in different ways. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, Christiana read this morning. Are you rightly related to your pastor? If not, you need to get right with God. Can you think of anything your pastor has asked you to do that you haven't done? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> your pastor isn't God, and so sometimes you get personal advice, which is different from a directive or command. But is there something that your pastor has asked you to do that you haven't done? When your pastor counsels you, do you go home and seek the Lord about what he said? Why not? Didn't God set your pastor over you to keep watch over your soul? Spouses, are you rightly related to your husband or wife? If not, repent. Your prayers are being hindered. Children, are you rightly related to your parents? If not, make up your mind but because you love Christ, you're going to get right with your parents by honoring them. But don't let your parents keep you from following Christ. Guard the deposit God has entrusted to you. When you become an adult, do you work to provide for your own needs and honor your parents in how you talk about them, even though you've gone out on your own? What about the government? Do you hate the government because it's evil? Or do you think there's no authority except that which is established by God? God actually causes whole civilizations to rise and fall. Daniel 2.21, he changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. If you've read the Bible, you are familiar with the Assyrians. They were a brutal and bloodthirsty civilization. Some historians credit them with inventing an early form of crucifixion. The Bible says in Isaiah 10 that God raised up the wicked Assyrians to punish Israel, who had become totally godless. And then God punished the Assyrians for their wickedness and pride in how they went about it. So God uses even unrighteous government to conform us to the holy image of Christ. And God raised up Jesus, who is the authority over all, raised up a civilization that invented crucifixion. Will you have faith that Christ is worthy to be your authority even though he often uses people who, because of their sin, are inadequate for the task, but who, because Christ is working and speaking through them, are able to participate in God's ongoing work of making you look like his son through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by refusing to submit to the Spirit of Christ. If in your heart, you say no when God speaks to you through someone, you're saying no to Christ ruling over you. Think about the implications of that. We're all tempted in many ways, and we often sin. But is the pattern of your life saying no to the Holy Spirit when a godly person gives you counsel that is clearly from God? Is the pattern of your life to do your own thing? What's the implication of that, if so? If you don't like serving Christ, and there's nothing in your heart that makes you want to give up your life and your hobbies and your choices for Him so that you can pursue a life of spiritual disciplines and scripture study and enjoying God by getting to know his saints and letting others get to know you, if you're more into video games than scripture, if you're you're more into hobbies than Christian community, if you're more into work than loving your wife, or more into getting your way than loving your roommates, I ask you, how is it that you call yourself a Christian? When you die and you will fairly soon, you don't go to heaven, you enter the presence of God. That's what makes paradise a paradise. That's what makes heaven heaven. He is there, and you're there with him. What more could we ask? Or, if you lived a life of doing your own thing and not being under the gentle and awesome authority of Christ, you will surely not go to heaven. If you are living a life of doing your own thing and not being led by the Holy Spirit and his word and his church, then you will be cast into outer darkness, away from the table of the Lord, away from the family of God, away from God's presence, where there will be be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I used to have a reputation for being a very rebellious young man. It sort of oozed out of me. I was known as an arrogant guy, but an arrogant man God hates, Proverbs 8, 13. If there was hope for me, there is hope for you. This is a call to repentance. You don't have tomorrow. If you don't follow Christ today, you have rejected Christ. Can you serve two masters? You can't serve God and your money. You can't serve God and your career. You can't serve God and sex. You can't serve God and hate your neighbor. You can't serve God and self. If you refuse spiritual authority, you refuse Christ. You're going to have to figure out how to work with and under sinful or partly sanctified people that God has raised up to teach, mentor, and discipline you. Recognize that this is God's prescribed way. As Christians, we submit to one another. The reason your pastors wrestle in prayer for you and bear your burdens and prepare sermons in their free time and overcome fear of public speaking is because we love you and we're submitting ourselves to you. And you're worth it, of course. We're submitting to Christ who awesomely, incredibly, submitted himself to a human body and submitted that body to all the same temptations I face. And then submitted that body to the death I would have died so that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's why I love him and worship him and am learning the fine art of daily leaving everything to follow him. Will I fail? Yes. Will he remain faithful? Yes. Is his righteousness enough for all my sins? Yes. Thus, he is my Lord and Savior. Now, you're going to have to figure out how to keep all of this in balance. Spiritual authority is not abuse and manipulation or excusing abuse and manipulation. Will we be abused by people in power? Of course. Is God to blame for this? No! It is not God's fault. That's the fault of sinful man or woman. God will judge them. When a non-Christian sins against you, God will judge them fairly, better than any earthly judge. He won't miss a beat. When Christians sin against you, God will submit his son to the judgment they deserve and they will go free. That's the beautiful gospel of the glory of God. He is worthy because with his blood, he ransomed a people from every tribe and tongue and nation to be a holy people for his own possession. I ask you, does he possess you? If not, you are still lost in your sins. Do you get your way or does Christ get his way? That's how you know if you've encountered God. Anything less than that is false religion. Pack up your bags and go home, he said to the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, because he wanted his stuff more than he wanted God. Philippians 2, is one of the most important chapters in the Bible. If you don't know what it says off the top of your head, you've got a problem, and that needs to be solved right away. There's your homework. You need to study this stuff. Christ submitted himself to humanity. That's probably the most awesome thing that's ever happened, except possibly that he submitted all the way through living life and passing through the gates of death. It's it's, almost, it's right on the boundary between, between possible and unthinkable that Christ could figure out a way to do that. This is how we know God, by studying this stuff. Why do we love and obey and submit to this Christ? Because he is the best person you could ever imagine he yielded up his holy and glorious life for rebels and scum and sinners like me so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's no one like him. He's wonderful. So when we find in our Bible verses like Hebrews thirteen seventeen, obey your leaders and submit to them, what's the hang up? If someone takes a bullet for me, should I grumble if he asks me to do some chores? (laughs) No. If someone comes down from heaven and takes the cross for you, should you grumble about being discipled by your pastor or about reading your Bible or about loving your roommate as yourself? No. You're doing this for Christ who gave himself for you. And you're going to do it with a smile, darn it. (laughs) <laughs> that, that should be something you tell yourself. You should tell your body to submit in biblical ways to Christ and to the authority which he has established. You have to tell yourself, yes, I'm going to smile because <laughs> it's hard. May we find grace to see how lovely Christ is and obey our leaders and submit to them out of reverence for Christ. May God be gracious to us and deliver us from abuse. May we not get hung up on the fact that people are sinners, but may we leave behind a life of comfort to love God enough to follow him wherever he takes us, even into relationships with people through whom God speaks and who God uses to squeeze us into the mold of Christ. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Submit yourselves then to God that he may lift you up in due time. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, Paul wrote from present, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, out of reverence for Christ, because everything God wants is good. Three practical takeaways don't avoid spiritual authority, doing that will cut you off from God. Stay connected with Christ by staying under spiritual authority. Two, don't undercut or badmouth spiritual authority especially pastors and parents, be really careful about criticizing people publicly and in your heart. Gossip separates church members, slander separates close friends, and speaking evil of pastors and parents makes you lose the blessings of long life and good days that are for those who keep tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Three. Those who Christ have, has loved have become beloved sons and daughters of God. We have also become permanent servants of God. And God is so great that to become His servant is higher than any other job title in the world. But you call yourself a Christian, and you don't think Christ. Wants nothing less than to be the Lord of every area of your life? Maybe you don't know Him. Let's pray. God be gracious to me, a sinner. Amen.